It's October 3rd, 2017, and this is Insight Out, The Naked Truth. Coming to you from the Santa Cruz Mountains of California, broadcasting from Lupin Lodge, where clothing is optional. But the truth is always naked. I'm Errol Strider. And I am Rochelle Alicia Strider. And once again, we welcome you to our home at Lupin Lodge. We invited you over tonight for some conversation about the human condition with all its eccentricities and what to make of it, sprinkled with laughter, good music, and the many voices of Errol Strider. Oh, sure it is. I'm one of the voices there. Well, howdy, y'all. This is uh, Senator Beauregard. I have something I want to say tonight. Well, hi, Senator. This is uh, Barney. You know, we haven't been on the same time. And there's some more guys there, I think. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We're, I can feel the energy building. I know you got something to say. Wait till you hear what we're uh, talking about tonight. It's right up your alley. <laughs> did I say who our show is sponsored by? No, you didn't. Well, let me say with deep gratitude that our show is sponsored by Go Raw, natural food, raw food, healthy, delicious, and nutritious. Great combo. And Go Raw can be found at Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, and the organic section of Costco, to name a few. If you want to know more, go to GoRaw.com to find out where Go Raw can be found in your neighborhood. And let me just say for all of you out there who are not sure of your status, you are, in fact, um, organic. Yes, every one of you is an organic specimen of the way it is and the way we want it to be. Now, just to kind of back off from that for just a second, I I feel a little bit like I felt after 9-11 because of this uh, tragedy in Las Vegas yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like you, I suppose, I am uh, deeply disturbed by the event. Be that as it may, we're going to do our program tonight, and we're so glad you're with us. And and some ways, these kind of circumstances or tragedies are right up our alley, which is why that's right up our alley is our featured phrase of the week. As you know, if you've been uh, reading uh, the announcements I sent out, or if you listen to this program, uh, you are aware that Rochelle and I use our show as an opportunity to probe the human condition and see how it can be enhanced by appreciating the larger context in which we live our lives. Namely, spirituality, more on that later, as it operates through evolution. Which, of course, is right up our alley. Oh, definitely. Uh, Now, tonight, while we want to respect all those whose lives have been affected by this event in Las Vegas, I want to also be aware that there's people suffering and making transitions and dying and illnesses by the millions all over the planet right now as we speak. Isn't it amazing that we're like, we have our own reality and we're not unless we are directly involved with those people, we, mm-hmm. we're we not really aware of that happening. 
I hope you will hunker down with us tonight so we can uh, take some solace in our connectedness, uh, inspirations in our relationships to source and through our creativity. And we are, as we continue to be, uh, traversing the alleyways of life together so that we are better able to identify with what is right up our alley. Yeah, right up our alley. And that is exactly where I want it. My alley is your alley. We are in accord. Can't think of anything more fun. We're on the same road. We're heading in the same direction. I agree with you. I like what you have to say. It's right up my alley. <laughs> it reminds me when I was a child, I was in a bowling league, and there was some little kid behind the pins, some of you may not know this, who put the pins up by hand. Yeah, every after every time you banged into them. He was always hoping that you would uh, hit a gutter ball. And leave him a tip at the end of the. At the I end don't of, remember ever leaving him a tip. I did. <laughs> you did, but the gutter balls when it well goes in the gutter, and a lot of people are in the gutter, and, and I would say some of us are in the gutter in our consciousness. Oh, and gutter I, consciousness. Yeah, I think you have to sort of be in the gutter, <laughs> like potty mouth, <laughs> like this man who killed all these people, and they're. So far, listening to the news today, they don't have the foggiest idea what his motives are. But this guy was equipped with guns and ammunition. He had like nine firearms in that hotel room and all kinds of equipment. My question is, how, how do you get nine major like machine gun kind of 847 kind of guns into the hotel? I don't think they were 847. Well, this, all right, 848. They were big guns that <laughs> Well, they people. come apart and they go back together, but the, there isn't there isn't the security to bring guns or not bring guns into a hotel. But they had he had even more firearms in his where he lived. Yeah, Mesquite, I think it was Mesquite, Nevada. Well, the the reality is these things happen. Tragedy. Yeah, craziness. people lose their minds and. And do terrible things to people. So my question, I guess, uh, trying to get down the alley in the most direct way, is mm -hmm. what is the best response, aside from being there and, and going and helping as any way you can, but what is the best response any of us who are not there can have when we hear of these events, whether they're man-created or whether they're created by hurricanes, Irma and Harvey and was it Maria? Maria. Who, who has damaged Puerto Rico. The bottom line is for the victims, it doesn't really matter what the cause is in relationship to the amount of suffering that we may be experiencing or those that we care about are experiencing. So it really gets us right down to how do we relate to this suffering, this pain, this death, this disease, this uh, insanity on our planet. I was reading a uh, little blurb about um, John Cheese. Cleese. Cleese. 
Yeah, he changed his name just no, before no, the he, show. No, he didn't. Oh, okay, it was always <laughs> the comedian, pleased. John Cleese. Yeah, and he was saying, you know, he's basically given up on the whole human race, the whole thing. He's just terrible. People are terrible. The whole thing is just, you know, sucks. And and the interviewer asked, well, what do you do? He says, well, might as well have a you know good time while I'm here. And he probably represents a lot of people who may have that point of view. Well, for me, it's like, yeah, okay, this is where we are in evolution. You know, we do terrible things. And we sometimes respond terribly to terrible things. And sometimes we respond wonderfully to terrible things. And sometimes we do wonderful things. So these are all the things that we do as human beings. And instead of saying, well, you know, mankind is this and that, and I'll just enjoy myself. I think mankind is this and that, and I will do my best to be the best person I can be. I mean, and in that I get enjoyment by being the best person I can be, by holding the, the negativity that comes into my life. Sometimes just from people walking into a place where I'm the hospitality director and I have to look at them and hold them in a space where I can feel an outpouring of love, whether they can receive it or not. It's not always easy, but I choose to do that, and I choose to do it daily, and it's, it's hard work. But it is. <laughs> it, it's, it is a practice, uh, no matter what you say. Speaking of practice, I happened to pick up uh, Conversations with God today and was just kind of leafing through, and uh, he was talking about seeing life as a meditation, and in particular, and all the events that are in it. You know, And he, he encourages he, she, it, that to walk in wakefulness, not as one asleep, move with mindfulness, not mindlessly, and do not tarry in doubt and fear, neither in guilt or, or self-recrimination. And in particular, he encourages us to smile. <laughs> and smile, just smiling makes, makes you... Uh, Happy, and I, I actually walked around today. I was working, and I consciously remembered uh, to smile because when you're smiling, hmm, well, here we go. When you're smiling. When you're smiling, the whole world smiles with you. When you're laughing, when you're laughing, the sun comes shining through. But when you're crying, you bring on the rain. So stop your sighing, be happy again, keep on smiling, when you're Oh. 
Back to total new old era. Judy Garland. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Judy. That was so good to be reminded. So if you're having trouble smiling, that's why I thought of 9-11. It was hard. The comics that day when 9-11 happened were kind of bemoaning, if you will, the fact that uh, it was hard to make jokes in the light of the, the level of, of devastation that were, people were feeling. And yet you know, time has is a salve. It really is, in the sense. <laughs> in the in the world where there's no time, time is a salve. It is. Thank God for the illusion. Yes. There's a passion, but it's a passing. There is a passing every day. There's a pass, a passing. The sun comes up, the sun goes down. Sun comes up, the sun goes down. There's a passing. You know, my body gets older, so there may not be time in the sense, uh, in the universal sense, but there is time. My body experiences time passing. If Obviously, I, I don't look anything like I did when I was two years old. <laughs> Something's been moving. <laughs> if I may interrupt here, Dad is right down my alley. Mm -hmm. uh, this is Barney, and I'm talking about the the relationship of time and space. Fortunately, they get along very well, and because we were worried about that, you know, when we first <laughs> invented space, and then it was like, well, we're going to bring on the time. And how are they going to do it together? They're going to be able to work it out because they're like different things. And then we were talking about this before. Einstein, the, the, the physicist, finds out that it's not space and time. It's this phenomenon called space-time. And the faster you stay it, the more it squeezes the time. Space-time. See how the time got smaller? <laughs> but That's it, right up my alley. <laughs> that is up your alley. And what is also up my alley is is the fact that we have the capacity to transform any of these experiences that we have into, at the very least, growth opportunities for our soul to the degree that we can see the, uh, the truth in it, the beauty in it, or the uh, goodness in it. And if you get all three, that's a bonus. And, and then it's right up your alley there. So be sure and check your alley there. You know, if you get alley spam, Go to your alley spam and see if they sent some of these truth, beauty, and goodness <laughs> things into your uh, uh, alley box, like an email box. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Barney. That was all. All good. these, um, all these tragedies that have happened this month. I mean, and they've they've been tragic because people are hurting. People are, have lost so much with the 
with the uh, hurricanes. I mean, people have lost everything. I heard one uh, interview on the radio of a National Guard that went uh, to pull out somebody from Puerto Rico and he had a blanket. She gave him a blanket. You know, they took him to the hospital and um, in uh, Georgia, I think it was. And the man said to her, could he keep the blanket because he didn't have anything else left? And the woman who gave him the blanket, you know, she said that realization was devastating to her to have everything wiped out, that you start from beginning. There's nothing left. And those, of course, who lost their lives to those who are still here, the devastation mm. is that they lost people that they cannot replace. You can replace material things, but you certainly cannot replace a human being. One of a kind. I think that's why we're so irreplaceable, because it's so amazing how distinctive each of us is. Father O'Malley, is that up your alley? Oh, sure, it is right up my alley, the distinctiveness of each person. Some people, you know, they think the snowflakes are all different and diverse. But when you think about it, there's this complex thing that is trillions of cells operating in, in the body there and all these thoughts and this very distinct personality, totally irreplaceable once it comes in. And that's why I think it's helpful for people to know and it's very comforting to consider that maybe this self that, that is here for this very brief period of time, no matter how it departs, is is a self that as a way of escaping from the confines of the mortal coil and emerging further into the universe as a conscious being. And so, so you know, you might dare to consider that. And if so, uh, without going back to some old superstition about heaven and hell there, but just the notion that we continue on, on and our awareness is so precious to the all aware beingness that it's it's going to make sure our unique awareness continues to perpetuate itself that's right down its alley i can tell you that <laughs> well it's certainly right down my alley father o'malley <laughs> o'malley alley did you make that up? You know, yeah, I think you see, I never thought of that. The alley and the O'Malley's. Well, you know, there was the O'Malley's that there. Maybe there was an O'Malley alley. There could have been there. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, I, you know, one of the things that I think at the very least that people can do uh, is, well, change your demeanor. We've come to call with pipes and flutes and fiddles and all In case of death we've even brought a keener So whip your thumb and feeling down Just be like us and back the clown And soon there'll be a change in your demeanour Run down the doodle do Have a dee do the doodle dum Run down the doodle do And do it on Run down the doodle do Have a dee doodle a doodle dum Run down the doodle do And do it on I put me money on a horse to table With the race he'd run away Or so a friend was in the know he told me Twenty lengths ahead of most, he proudly counter past the post, but woe was me, he lost the boom and jockey. Run, jump, the jump, the jump, the jump, the jump, the jump, the 
That's Irish for, boy, are we singing a great song. <laughs> and that was the Chieftains oh, that was singing Changing Your Demeanor. I, and that's kind of a minimal uh, opportunity, as I said, before the song started. Yeah, I think it, I think that's it always is, you know, we can't expect the world to change. We have to change because we're, we're the parts of the world. When enough of us change... The world will change. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, the world is an aggregate of all of us. And as long as we, uh, as long as we harbor the reptilian thoughts, you know, that's where we are in terms of evolution. With be kill or be killed is survival of the fittest. When we get to the part where, you know, like we're not alone. We're going to help each other survive and not be frightened, but, you know, choose to just be in love then the world will change. That's a long way away. <laughs> it, it is. But it's as long, far away as it is, it is in fact right down my alley. Or right, actually up my alley. I'm I, glad it's up your alley, yeah, not I, down your alley. I, I get them mixed up. Sometimes I want to go <laughs> Depends down Depends on alley. where in your alley you That's are. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of alley, I want to tell an alley story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was in um, Louisville, Kentucky. Kentucky, many, many years ago when I was a young, aspiring thespian. And I had gone to an audition and, oh, we had gone to see a production of West Side Story. So the mood was set. Mm -hmm. And we were walking out of uh, wherever we were. My friend Dick had a drink in his hand, still had it. And then we heard a scream and this woman shouting, "He, he, he stole my purse. And sure enough, we saw these two guys running down an alley with their purse. Now, stupid us, we ran after him. <laughs> and it's by the grace of the fact that he didn't have a, a weapon on him. And one guy climbed over the wall, but the other guy, my friend Dick, actually grabbed, got a hold of him. Mm-hmm. And he, he brought him back and the guy was petrified. And because he'd been caught and he says he was in the army, didn't have much money or get some money for his family. And he was beside himself with anguish. And then the woman, the old woman whose purse it was, came up and 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 he's begging us to let him go. And we said, lady, it's your purse. What do you want to do? You have your purse. Got it back. 
And she said, let him go. Wow. And that was one happy private. Do you think it made a difference in his life? I can't imagine it wouldn't make a difference. Or do you think she was a sucker and a sap and bought his story? I'm being cynical. Yeah, you are. But but it's <laughs> it's like what happened to uh, Jean Valjean in right. Les Miserables, where he stole these um, silver candlesticks. candlesticks and they caught him and they brought him back to the a parsonage or, or the place where the, the the priests were that, that mm-hmm. he had eaten with and from whom he stole these things. And then the uh, guy who, um, the priest, said, oh, no, I gave them to him. And as a result of that, he, his life was changed. His life was changed. And he, he sings of it so eloquently mm-hmm. in uh, the, the musical Les Miserables. If you can say miserable, you'll get a three-point <laughs> bonus. <laughs> we don't give bonus. Or say, I don't, you, can don't, don't, don't to. <laughs> you can feel good about yourself because it'll be right up your alley. So that was my alley story. How about you, uh, Professor Umbridge? Do you have any, is this up your alley at all? Oh, absolutely up my alley anything that comes my way is up my alley because my alley extends 360 degrees so that way anything can be <laughs> up my alley oh that's right up my alley <laughs> i didn't want to follow up on that going down the alley because you know, more often than not you know things are down the alley and you have to go down the alley after them kind of like this a thief that you caught there, and, and down the alley is is really going into the darkness, into the shadow side, and it seems to be a prerequisite for awakened consciousness that you go down the alley into the dark side of your nature. Doctor Jung called it the shadow, and there you see these parts of you that are really not very happy with themselves and are full of grievances and unforgiveness and lots often of it's not of shame. And in order to have this innocent perception, which seems to be required to awaken to an authentic awareness, you can't have that perception all smudged up with what do you call it? Schmutz. Schmutz. That's what you call it, isn't it? The schmutz of shame, the schmutz of blame. And even though they almost rhyme, they're still both schmutz. And neither of them is at my alley. Well, wow. Schmutz is like a lot of dirt. Dirty, messy, yucky. Yeah. Yucky. Well, I don't think we realize just how harmful these underpinnings of negativity are and unless you're in therapy most people don't want to address them uh a they may not even be aware that such a thing exists or if they're aware it's too scary because it was frightening when these things came up in the first place the shaming and the ridiculing and the made to feel less than who we actually are Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's right up my alley. Well, how was it up your alley? Because I agree with you. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Savor this moment, Errol. Oh, Errol. I agree with you so much. You are right up my alley. Uh, not so quick there, there. I wish I could whistle. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, Rabbi, you want to say something? 
Yes, the savor is the is the secret of life. It's funny you should bring it up because the savoring is so up my alley <laughs> that every time I'm walking up the alley, I have to stop every second or two to savor because it's all there savorable. And when something is savorable, naturally you want to save it. But you don't have to save it because the next moment will be just as savorable. And the key to wisdom and to life is to make it all savorable, the good and the bad, because no matter what, inside any circumstance or dilemma, there is good to be found in it. And for that, for those who have the capacity to be open to that and to seek it, what they will find is that the good is right, right up their alley. Mm, that's right up my alley. I think about, you know, where death is such a um, finality for us, for those who are alive. Those who die are gone from our life. They're not there anymore. And whatever the reason, they're gone. And for some people, that is like the finality of that is almost more than they can bear. You know, especially if children are involved. You lose children, they die too. Well, obviously, if they die as children, they've died far too soon. And that loss can lead to such insufferable grief. Yes. And I think of anything else that's material that you lose, as much as you liked it and wanted it and, you know, think you can't get along without it, you do. You get along without it because as long as there's life... There's a renewal of every moment. Every moment can be made anew. But when there isn't, we have no idea, even though we lots of different uh, groups have different right. belief systems about what happens after you die. You know, since they're all different, which one do you pick? <laughs> I mean, if you if you believe in reincarnation, is that what can happen to you because you believe in it? But if you don't believe in reincarnation, will you reincarnate or won't you because you don't believe in it? I mean, does your belief have anything to do with ha what happens to you after you die? <laughs> well, I think you're... That's right up my alley. <laughs> I think the um, you tend to pick that which reinforces your sense of who you think you are. Mm -hmm. uh, and so here's... I wanted to share this with you. I've been... Uh, looking this up, but this is uh, Jean Valjean uh, talking and thinking about uh, his experiences, and I hope it's the song I want uh, about the bishop, but let's hear Jean Valjean, sung by Colm Williamson. Freedom is mine. Yes. The earth is still. I feel the wind. I breathe again. And the sky clears The world is waking From the pool of clean taste Never forget the years of waste Nor forgive them for what they've done They are the guilty, everyone the day begins, a 
and now let's see what this new world will do for me. That was Jean Valjean singing and being set free as a result of this experience. And, mm-hmm. and it, he was a better man for it. Sometimes when you have somebody who believes in you, just believes in you, says, you know, I believe that you have what is it, what is necessary to live a full, beautiful, caring life. That's maybe all it takes to release that because I believe that's in every one of us. I believe as we start out, that innocence, that beauty, that wonder that we see so much in our granddaughter, you know, we all started out like that, you know, we're betrayed, we're trampled on, we're hurt, we're, you know, all of that uh, corrodes that beauty. And so it exists, it didn't go away, it just gets buried under all that betrayal, so... I believe that if we can keep doing that, I don't know, it's hard, it's very hard. It's very hard when somebody comes at you and they want to hurt you to forgive them. I don't know if I have that capacity. I I believe I have the capacity, but can I do it as much as I'd like? I don't know. Each time I do it, though, I I feel like it's, hey, this is right up my alley. Uh, yeah, this is Professor Schnitzel, and I have many alleys, and I am... Uh, always either up or down inside the alley, but the alleys, there's different kinds of alleys. One, there's back alleys, and they are very interesting. There are people in the front of the house, and one time I went on a motorcycle, and I went in the back alleys behind people's house, and that's where you see who they really are, because they figure they, it's not being seen by others, and people have all kinds of, what was the word that you used there? Schmutz. Yeah, schmutz. That, that would be the word there. There's <laughs> lots of schmutz happening in these uh, back alleys there. But in order for something to go down your alley, or even better, to go up your alley, you have to be able to relate to someone and be able to listen and hear. And that's one of the main things that people have the capacity to do that is so transformative, but that is not often used. People are much more comfortable on what they can put out, but to receive they have to let go of control. And that's very difficult for many people, which is why receiving is not up very many people's alleys, in only this culture anyway. Well, that's up my alley in terms of relating to it, but I tell you that you can't just give out, because try breathing just out all the time, you'd probably die. And probably, and the same is true, just taking in all the time. You have to have both. You have to give and receive. So if you live a balanced life, you'll be giving and receiving and giving and receiving. And receive. I like to receive first because then I know exactly what I can give to the person that I'm with. That's right, Damai Ali, that receiving first. You really have to stop and suspend your projected expectations on any given moment. 
the things you're trying to do to manipulate circumstances so when you get to the next moment in the future, it'll be as safe and pleasurable and secure as you would hope it to be. Because that's usually most of our goals, to get to that future moment and, and slide in safe. Right. And that doesn't always happen. And I think of pleasure as something that is belongs to the material world. I think of joy as belonging to uh, my spiritual reality. Mm-hmm. Because joy is, is a coupling. Joy is a, is a, you have to come into union for joy to happen, in my definition anyway. But pleasure, eh, you could do that with yourself. <laughs> Speaking of pleasure, doing it to yourself, I want to honor. I didn't say doing Wait a minute. It. I, I said want, you can have that. I want to honor one of our truly great Americans. And his contribution, he died this past week at Aww. age 91, Hugh Hefner. I drink to you, Hugh and, Hefner. And as many of you may recall, he invented the um, fluorescent light bulb. <laughs> and we love him for that. Thanking, thank you, Hugh, because that fluorescent light bulb has saved so many people money. Playboy. <laughs> I, rem- I remember reading about his how that thing got started and he was raising money to make the, get the first Playboy and he got this partially nude picture of Marilyn Monroe that he was going to feature uh, as part of it and it was in his whole thing about having to send it through the mail and getting permission I mean it took a lot of well balls to for Hugh Hefner to do what he wanted so that he could make this available to all those uh, people of the human species that have balls. And oh, Well, that's very one-sided. Well. <laughs> I have to tell you something. You may not know this about me, but you know oh that, that when the Playboy um, Club opened in New York, mm-hmm. they had auditions for Playboy bunnies. And I went. Really? I mean, you know, uh, in that time as a, as a beginning actress, you go out, you know, you just are seen everywhere, whether you get, whether you get the parts or not. And of course, I was probably the tiniest of the of the um, auditioners, but I was wearing a leotard and a and a belt. And um, what was the name of that mag? The Village Gate. The Village Gate was a newspaper in New York, and it seemed their reporters were there to uh, watch the auditions. And I was mentioned in the, you were. in the article, and then this cute little thing. <laughs> Is that what they said? This cute little thing it was there, or something. I don't remember what else he said about it, but that was part of the article. And I remember laughing so much. I think that everyone, was, most of the people, girl, women who were there, young women, were, you know, five ten and over. And uh, definitely well proportioned. I was well proportioned. I was like a miniature of them. <laughs> but it was very funny that I did that. You're always my Playboy bunny, Rochelle. Oh. Especially when you wear that little white puppy thing behind your bottom. <laughs> really? He is not telling the truth. <laughs> yeah, she will go into denial, heavy denial around this. I do not Because do it's not, so do embarrassing. Do I don't do that. You to know that she has this white fluffy thing on her bottom. I don't. <laughs> but uh, that is not up my alley for sure <laughs> so there's a place where the shadow hides uh, and does a great job of hiding is in our sexuality and, and I think to that 
we owe Mr. Hefner uh, a, a lot of thanks for bringing that out. And, and some of the, of course, amazing writers that wrote for his magazine all those years. I mean, it was a, it was a very tasteful and, of course, seductive and erotic phenomenon. Playboy. I, yeah. I've read many Playboy magazines. I've read articles in the Playboy magazines by some of these wonderful writers, and they were ex- they were wonderful. Plus, the interviews with incredible personalities were part of uh, Playboy, and those interviews were fascinating. Yeah, they even, were right up my alley. Yeah, even the likes of like Jimmy Carter. I didn't think he got a lot of bad feedback. Jimmy Carter was uh, one of our presidents. Not always uh, recognized or appreciated uh, in the short time he was in office. And we hope that it will be a comparable amount of time that our current president is in office. But let me tell you something. Jimmy Carter has done more after he was Mm. president Mm. than he did as president. I mean, to this day. Habitat for Humanity is so important on our on our in our country. Helping people get their homes together, taking out old homes and and using whatever's left to go into new homes. I mean, he it's been wonderful. He's been amazing. I mean, he's a he's a true Christian. Well, no, that's right up my alley. This Senator Beauregard talking about Jimmy Carter, and I knew Jimmy quite well. You know, we originally met actually on his farm. You know, he had a peanut farm, and we were both sharing uh, some peanut butter. From Jimmy Carter's <laughs> peanut farm, and he liked it with uh, with the uh, apple jelly, and I I like it just plain, right out of the the jaw. Actually, I like to just... forgive us, Jimmy Carter, for using your name in vain. Well, not in vain. No, he didn't seem to mind. <laughs> what I'm saying is, anything you say about him that's not true. After is he in got vain. used to. It. Well, all right. Now, what else is up my alley? Is you're talking about Mr. Hefner? I was at the Hefner Mansion, the Playboy Mansion out there in California. And um, we were surrounded by, well, I guess I want to say voluptuous females who all looked like they were just eager to parade their wares in front of a very appreciated audience. So, uh, and and I was happy to be there. You know, I I allow myself sometimes to uh, indulge in some, well, fantasies, but uh, I keep them to myself here. Except one fantasy I wanted to share with you all. uh, Thank you. I don't Uh, think this is going to be up my alley. Senator, that's good. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for bringing that. And hold it, though, because maybe after the show, I'd love to hear your fantasy, because maybe it would be like, you know, one of my fantasies. I. See how similar they are. Now, where did we get off on this? I don't know. The Hefner. 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 Hefner Hugh yeah, Hefner. Yeah. Okay, well, so he's gone to the great beyond. I think that's a nice way of putting it. Either way, back, it's time to remind ourselves while you're listening to Inside Out, The Naked Truth, that it's time to just put on a smile. Put on a smile right now and keep on smiling. Just go. 
James Lloyd. Oh, I'll say. Now, here's something that brings smiles to many people. So right now, for example, there are X number of wakes or people coming because someone has just died and the friends and the family, they come. And I'm going to suggest that almost invariably food is brought mm -hmm. to all these events. Mm -hmm. and And so there's... This phenomena, there's all the stories. You hear the event, you're the, the neighbor, the friend, the relative. You decide to make food and you, you think, well, what food can I bring to this event? And then all these people come and they share the food and it's probably good food and the food that would bring a smile to people. So it just to me is to stop and behold the, the, the behind the scenes taken for granted phenomena like people who bring food to a... Eating bank. together. Yeah. Eating together is, is one of the most social things we do, mm -hmm. eating together. And that's up my alley. It is. Rochelle, by the <laughs> way, is a fabulous cook. And if you'll come visit us out here at Lupin Lodge, where you can or cannot wear clothes, it's perfectly up to you. Which... Up in, except for a certain area. If you're in the pool area, in your hot tub... Or the sauna, the pool area, you have to be naked. Now, isn't that a curious thing that you have to be naked when you think about, you know, the requirements in 99% of public places is you have to have clothes. But here at Lupin, when you're in the pool area, you have to be naked. We want everyone to have that sensation of swimming without bathing suits because it's so wonderful. I mean, it really is wonderful. Think about it. I'm sure everybody has gone skinny dipping at least once in their life. And certainly if you've ever taken a bath, you have a warm bathing suit. And it's really nice. And it's really, really rejuvenating. 
If I could just come back in here uh, uh, about rejuvenation, I wanted to say just this much about my fantasy, uh, Senator. No, no, it, 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 it's about it's very rejuvenating because whatever fantasy I have, they always have a big dollop of rejuvenation in them, and uh, and I recommend that. Yeah, so if you're going to have some fantasies, in order to make sure they're up your alley. Put in a, a dollop or several dollops of rejuvenation, <laughs> and in your fantasy, you can imagine other people shared in the rejuvenation, and that's like a primo fantasy, and you can enter that into the primo fantasy contest that they have once a year. But you're not going to tell us the fantasy. Oh, I don't know if I should tell you the fantasy. It includes, uh, well, you're speaking of uh, clothing optional. Okay. Uh, thank you. No, right. Yeah, come on out to Lupin, and that'll be good. <laughs> thank you, Senator. Uh, uh, and thank you, Go Raw, for being our sponsor. It's it's such a blessing to have uh, your support. and it's And thank you for listening in. Thank you for being conscious enough to want to get whatever you get out of this program. I know Rochelle and I get a lot out of it because it's right down our alley, because obviously these are the well, things. It's down your alley, but it's up mine. Huh. Really? <laughs> oh, my God. We're at opposite ends of the alley. I'm going up the alley. He's going down the alley. But we always meet in the middle. <laughs> We do eat in the middle, and we meet at dinner table. And Michelle, as she said, is loves to cook, and I love to eat. But I want to go back good, to this good combination. Yeah, yeah, right it's up my alley. Excellent combination. When you find a partner, make sure one of you likes to cook and the other likes to eat, and you got it. You're, you, you're safe. Add a little laughter to that. Some good sex and a friendship <laughs> and and an awareness of the unification substantive force of all reality that's holding you together and holding you in union uh, as a constant <sighs> i might say that differently but it's so up my alley that was up your alley wasn't it <laughs> and so here's the thing no matter what happens we want to suggest that well we take care of our neighbors. In fact, we need to, you know, love our neighbor. Thy neighbor, walk up and say, how be you? Gee, but I'm glad to see you, pal. How's tricks? What's new? Love thy neighbor, offer to share his burden. Tell him to say the word and you will see him through. Especially if there should be a beautiful girl next door Say to the girl next door Don't think I'm bold, but my mother told me to love my neighbor <laughs> And you will find your labor a great deal easier Life will be breezier if you love my neighbor <laughs>
That's in the 30s, I think. Yeah, 1934, Bing Crosby recorded it. That was Gordon, actually, in a performance in 2007 in, in Carnegie Hall. Gordon? That's his name, Gordon. That's it, Gordon? Gordon, yeah. They, he was born so fast, they didn't have time to give him a last name. Are you name. making it up? Uh-huh. <laughs> Who's Gordon? I, no, that part of it. That's the name of the guy. That's all it said. Gordon they didn't say his last it name. Sounds like, it sounds like it's a 1930s recording, though. You say this wasn't. No, to the, I, I found a Bing Crosby singing that song, and it sounded like it was 1930s. Wow. Like it was almost like the music tonight was nostalgia. You think about it, you know, like 1929, there was this stock market crash. People were on food lines in this country. It was pretty devastating. And the movies that came out were like so um, fan, fantasy. They were, they were fantasy and I think sometimes I think the movies kept people sane in the sense that they were so different than the world in which they were living that it allowed them a, 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 an escape. A, a reprieve, right, Yeah, from all the ugliness around them. From the alleys that they were traversing at that time in yeah. poverty and ill health. And speaking of ill health, a very dear friend of ours, a woman that we've known since we were married, you know, 40 years. And, Boy, uh, we're married longer than that. Yeah. Oh, we know her before hey, we got married. Married so long. We know her. We, oh, we were married when we met her. Yeah, because you had lost your rings. Right, is, so her name 41. is Alma Bead. She lives at, at least near Wichita, Kansas. She's and, in Texas right now. Yeah, and she and she's been suffering a lot uh, with arthritis for many years, and now she's on her last legs, and uh, so we're sending her some blessing. And you know, this Ease is just the some... pain and find the peace that she's been longing for. Yeah, she has been, and so I want to believe that uh, we uh, continue. I think it's uh, a fabulous place, the universe, and I especially love um, evolution. I think God was so smart when God <laughs> invented evolution. It was the, hmm. She invented evolution. Yeah, thinking, hmm, how can I get life going in the universe? I'm infinite. I'm kind of picking up everything. <laughs> and so God, oh, I can scooch over. Yeah. I'm a free will being godness. I can just scooch over. And, but you know what? I'm going to start things that is far away from my absolute, all-knowing, loving, powerful nature as possible. Little, itty, weensy, teensy bits of movement that's barely a whisper of anything. And from there, we're going to build a universe Boy, you're going to love this place here. It's going to be so rich with opportunity. That was right up my alley. <laughs> what, a, what a great I love universe. I love the, um, what do you call it, like the microcosm of the macrocosm. It's like if you just look at the way we are put together, you know, we have these little, this seedling that is us. And then we develop and we develop and we come into, we have all our parts and everything. I mean, if, you know, everything goes according to plan and then we grow and we learn and or don't or whatever, but we do grow a little bit and learn a little bit and then we disappear and then something else grows and someone else comes along and we grow. And, and I think if the universe is like that on a cosmic level, you know, that we start out with this very almost 
what the seed you know yeah. and then we just grow and grow and grow and each each one of us contribute to that growth making it a bigger and bigger hole i can hear the universe saying right now that's right up my alley oh i love it and sound with horns and 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 violins and all sorts of and drums <laughs> <laughs> drums right and, and lots of celebration so let's bring it back together now so Again, we are struck by a dramatic kind of moment that has caused us to pause. Unlike the other millions of, of, of things that are happening right now, which aren't getting our attention in such a big way. Remember, what? You're going to say something? No. No. Remember, the media wants to exaggerate the the drama of whatever is happening and while there is drama and there is pain and there is suffering, uh, it needs to be put in perspective. And I love what uh, the Arantia book, which we've mentioned before, says. It says, please understand, it's not like there's this black background of darkness with little white dots of, of uh, good on it, which John Cleese might think it is. But, but the reality is there's there's this expansive whiteness and richness of life and there are these little dots of evil darkness twistedness perversion of the universe phenomenon of love and but that's not the whole of it and anytime you want to partake of the whole of it that whiteness just be willing to suspend whatever perception you have and whatever judgment you've got attached to it and be open. And you may very well find that that expanse of goodness will just kind of rush into your awareness and it'll just show up right at the very tip of your alley. Well, it's right up my alley. And with that said, uh, we are Inside Out, The Naked Truth. I'm Errol Strider. And I'm Rochelle Alicia Strider. And we want to send you all our best wishes for this amazing October 2017. And may it be filled with insight and laughter and healing and forgiveness and joy and uh, rejuvenation. Let's not forget rejuvenation. And thank you, our sponsor, Gora. And with that, uh, Rochelle, what do we need to remember? Well, we need to remember a lot of things, but one of them is remember that resistance is what you add to pain to make it last longer and hurt more. Hmm, that's right up my alley. <laughs>